Hey, welcome everyone. Sunday Night Live, completely different from Saturday Night Live, which was a funny show about, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. Uh, but hey, this is great being with all of you. Uh, back in action last Sunday at a great time. I uh, had the guest of uh, uh, Arthur Pulowski on, his wife and his son were on here. Uh, many of you were able to watch that. Many of you were able to watch that live. And uh, some good news came. Canada ruled in favor of Arthur Pulowski this last week. He's the one that you know we talked about. We showed the video where he refused to close his church. He got arrested up there in, in Canada. And uh, so, listen, praise the Lord, but man, there's a lot of wild stuff that's going on. Hey, listen, we're going to be in Amos, looking at what the prophet Amos had to say to ancient Israel and also what he specifically says about today, because he goes into the day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord is a phraseology that applies to the time of the tribulation period. Uh, so we're going to look at what Amos has to say about that here in just a second. couple of reminders for you. Uh, one of them is the conference is coming up in Huntington Beach. Some fantastic speakers. You can check it out. I saw Lisa D. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Lisa D. had listed all the different speakers that are going to be there. And uh, so including Billy Crone, Brandon Holdhouse, Monkey, myself, uh, Don Perkins, and some others, Andy Woods. In fact, I'm going to have uh, Andy coming up on, as one of my guests here real soon, and Don Perkins also for a live stream on a Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and tomorrow's going to be fantastic. I encourage you to tune in if you can. It's going to be a really good 2 o'clock live here. Okay, so you can register for the live stream, and you can register via the app or online at hopeforourtimes.com. And uh, listen, the thing about the live stream is it's not going to be censored because we're finally set up where, where uh, this isn't going to be on YouTube. You'll still be able to watch it, uh, through all of your devices, so that's really cool, but we're going to be able to host this ourselves, so we're excited about it, and we've got the price down as low as we could. Uh, we need to hire some tech help from it, but uh, for it to make sure we don't have any glitches, uh, but it's only $14.99 for the whole conference, uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, to be able to live stream. You can watch anywhere in the world that you have access, and you're going to have access, I believe, for up to 30 days after the conference. So if you can't watch it live, uh, you can watch it later. Uh, so that's uh, available. And, and also, if you want to go to Israel with us, we're going to be closing the registration we have a, for our trip to Israel. It's coming up in November of this year. So the registration is going to need to be cut off here real soon within the next couple of weeks, I believe if not sooner. Um, but if you're thinking, hey, I want to go to Israel, check out that. You can go to the app or you can go to the website. Uh, check out all of the information. It's free to check it out. If you want to go, register. I'd love to see you there. Monkey is going to be joining me on the Israel tour, by the way. So that is going to be uh, kind of cool. Bob Probert's going to be joining me. David Tao will be leading. It's going to be a really, 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 it's going to be a really good trip. So if you can make it, you're going to be super blessed. And I also want to make sure it's not too full. Sometimes you can go on, on Israel tours. I've done them before where it's almost like too many people go and, and you can get lost in the shuffle. And I want to make sure that, that doesn't happen. It's another reason why we're going to be cutting off as soon as we possibly can uh, or, or need to. Um, last thing is you can download the Hope for Our Times app. It's free to download the app. And uh, listen, we have the news on there. We have the Israel info, the registration is on there, the daily news, other messages, all of the messages that I do are on the app. We also have the full Bible is on the app, and it's free to download the app. I encourage you to do it. Check it out. Um, and let me know what you think of the app. I, I'm curious. I think you're going to like it, personally. Uh, it's a pretty good app. Okay. Um, in fact, I think you're going to be super blessed. So it's Hope for Our Times is the name of the app. And... Um, what do you say we get going? Because we have a lot of ground to cover. Okay, let's see. We're going to be looking at this subject from the Minor Prophets. We're continuing with the Minor Prophets. Uh, the Minor Prophets uh, in Amos chapter 5, we're looking at this subject in particular, the Day of the Lord. The, now, the Day of the Lord is a phrase that refers to the Tribulation period, and Amos is going to use it in this passage that we are at uh, today. And uh, it's, it's going to apply to Israel back then when he's warning them about what's coming in the immediate context. 
but also we get projected into the future and the similarities are really just off the charts. Okay, I'm gonna do a little bit of a news update for you all. I typically do that on Sunday night. Um, I have other prophecy updates I'm going to be doing this week. Um, so I'll get more into some of these things then, uh, but just a real brief update just to keep you, keep you uh, in the know of what's going on. Here's this Democrat House Intelligence Committee member warns DNA testing can be used as bioweapon to target Americans. Uh, check that out. So uh, that's a Democrat uh, committee member. He's warning. So when you look at DNA testing, for example, 23andMe they're warning against, or any of these where you, know, you spit into a cup, you do your saliva test, you turn it in to get tested. They're saying these things are being collected, and uh, it's not that 23andMe is out to have a bioweapon against you, but all of the DNA that is being gathered, the warning is that they're going, the Chinese or the globalists or whoever it is will be able to develop a bioweapon that specifically attacks your DNA. Uh, listen, that's kind of uh, disturbing to think about, but that's the reality of the world that we live in. I think it shouldn't surprise us, but man, that can be troubling. Listen, as we look at the news and you look what's going on, remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the Lord and the place that we are going. We are, if you're in Christ Jesus, you're a citizen of heaven. But when we look at what the Bible says about the last days, when we look at what's going on in the world, these are warning signs. So the Bible gives us these things so we can know, okay, this thing's winding down. It's going to get real ugly. God warned us about this, uh, not so we'd be caught up in those things, but so our mind would be fixed on the Lord and we'd be able to look up and lift up our heads because our redemption draws near. So don't be alarmed. Don't be disturbed as you see these things. We have the message of hope and we get to give hope to others. And personally, I believe that rapture is going to take place. I don't know the exact day or the hour, but uh, things are going to get real south after the rapture takes place. But uh, man, my trust is in the Lord. Okay, uh, this next article, monkeypox outbreak declared a global emergency by the World Health Organization as contagion uh, spreads to over 70 nations. That is an uh, end time headline. By the way, end time headlines, they have some great posts on there. If you have Instagram and uh, their website, they have some good stuff on there. A little shout out to them. Uh, but so World Health uh, Organization saying it's, a, it's declared an emergency. All right, uh, this is very interesting. Let's check out this article. The U.S. has just confirmed the first two cases of monkeypox in children. Virus could become entrenched as new STD in America. So I want you to think about this because I'm probably going to get censored for saying this pretty soon. Hence, it looks like this week we're going to be able to go to online um, uh, only. So if YouTube does take us down, we can still go. We'll be able to do what JD has been doing. I've been promising you guys that for six months. Looks like we're going to be able to do it. But understand this about monkeypox. Primarily, it looks like it's an STD, and yet people are going to start saying, hey, you got to wear your mask. Well, why? You know, you look at it's affecting prim uh, mostly the gay community, um, and you didn't have to do that when AIDS was first discovered, but now they're saying this. And by the way, monkeypox, as far as I know, no one's ever died from it. Maybe somebody has. It's supposed to be exceptionally painful, like shingles is. Uh, there's some other things with monkeypox I'd like to share with you, but I cannot, as of tonight, by the end of this week, I probably will be able to uh, because we'll be able to do those uncensored things. And by the way, just a reminder, again, the conference will be uncensored in Huntington Beach. Uh, so it won't be on YouTube. And I've already told Brandon and Billy and the other guys talk about anything you guys want to talk about. Don't hold back. Uh, let her rip. All right. Next article. China deploys tanks to prevent people from withdrawing money from crisis hit banks. Folks, I don't know if you've been following this. I, listen, James and I were talking about China and how it's going to collapse and people are saying it's not going to collapse. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Don't you know there's a 200 million man Chinese army? And I say, look, you're misinterpreting the Bible. But that's another subject for another time or maybe for the Q&A afterwards. But China's got major problems. The threat with China in the bank issues that they have now, putting tanks in front of banks, and that's what they're saying. Um, if China goes down, this, 
has a very real effect of affecting the whole globe. So when you start to look at all of the different things they're developing right now, food shortages, which I believe are manipulated, manufactured by uh, the leaders of the world, intentional, we've talked about that before, need to do an update just on that. Climate issues, which I also believe are manipulated and manufactured. I have a great article I'm gonna do an update with on uh, geoengineering um, with, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, um, uh, it's just some quotes from him. I'll, I'll think of him later on in the program here. Uh, but you know, start, starting to look at these different things that are taking place, uh, oil shortage, gasoline shortages, giving gas to China, you know, all these different things. So it appears everything is manipulated, but at the same time, when you look at the book of Revelation, the day of the Lord, what do you have with the day of the Lord? You have all of these events that the Bible describes. They're gonna happen all at the same time in the last days. It just so happens that all of these things are building, 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 including massive war. Well, look at this next article. I'm sure many of you have already uh, seen a couple of these things. Russia, this is from Bloomberg. Russia moves to shut Jewish agency, fueling Israel tension. So you look at this and Russia is turning against Israel. It's happening. When you look at Ezekiel chapter 38, what happens? An evil thought comes into the mind of the leader of Magog, Gog, the leader of Magog. That'd be the Russian leader against Israel. And we see this mind shift going on there. You look at this next article, which almost everybody that pays attention to Bible prophecy has been updated on this. This is from uh, Brent Miller uh, at Prophecy Newswatch, Russia. I'm not sure he wrote the article, but it's from their website. Uh, Russia, Iran, and Turkey are forming a biblical alliance. Folks, <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I don't believe the Ezekiel 38 war is going to happen tomorrow, but this is just a reminder. It's coming exactly as the Bible says. Uh, you know, there's so many people said, oh, it's never going to happen. Russia, Iran, and Turkey, they've never gotten along. They're never going to get along. Well, if you read your Bible and you actually believe the Bible prophecies are literal, then guess what? This wouldn't come as a surprise to you. You've been hearing it. We've been saying it for a long time. Russia, Iran, and Turkey are going to firm, form an alliance, and they're going to come against Israel in the last days to take the goods that Israel has, but God's going to step in and give Israel the victory. Uh, listen, as you start looking at these things, you, you, you connect all of the dots, and, um, and it just becomes absolutely amazing. But remember, before we get going, God doesn't tell us these things so we'd be discouraged and lose hope and, 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 and anything like that, but so that we would have hope. So we would know, we'd have the aha moments, go, wait a minute, God already told us it was gonna happen exactly like that. And because he told us it was gonna happen exactly like that, we can be encouraged, we can be strengthened as we see all of this stuff going on. So some people will look at it and say, ah, it's just doom and gloom. Well, that's the wrong perspective. If you look at it right, you go, wow. This is happening just like Jesus said it was going to happen. And not only that, I remember the words of Jan Markell who said, well, what did you expect the last days to look like, right? We've been talking about these and ta things and talking about these things, and here we are. Okay, uh, let's get going. We just have a couple of points here I want to bring up from Amos before I go to your questions. Uh, number one from Amos chapter 5, it is the curse. So we're going to start with verse 16 of Amos chapter 5 because before I went on vacation, I had already covered all the way to verse 15. So let's pick it up here, verse 16, as we look at the curse. This New King James Bible, that's what I'm reading from, Amos chapter 5, Therefore the Lord God of hosts, the Lord says this, There shall be wailing in all the streets. And they shall say in all the highways, alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning and skillful lamenters to wailing in all vineyards. There shall be wailing, for I will pass through you, says the Lord. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Wow. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. So when he's saying, he's talking about the day of the Lord here, Amos is using the current events. They're going on with Israel. They're going to have a day of the Lord when Assyria is going to come against them. He's letting them know that. But he also projects us all the way into the future, the tribulation period of the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be? It will be darkness. It will not be light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion. Listen to this. 
and the bear met him. So he's running away from one catastrophe and he runs into another catastrophe. He can't get away from it. You hear people saying, well, I'm going to escape all of these judgments that are going to come from the Lord. Amos is saying, when that day comes, you ain't gonna, you're going to run over here thinking you're getting away from it. You ain't going to get away from it because you're going to be catastrophe over here. Or as though he went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. So he's running from a lion. He goes this direction, a bear gets him. Or he's running from a lion. He goes that direction, goes into the house, puts his hand on the wall, catches his breath, and there's a serpent that, that gets him. So you aren't going to be able to escape what is coming. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? Wow. So what do we have here as we look at the curse? The first thing we notice is A, it is, he's talking about the day of the Lord. So Joel first coined this phrase, the day of the Lord. Amos picks up on that. And he's able to graphically uh, describe it based on his understanding of the outdoors. Remember, he was a farmer and so forth. He understood the wilderness, so he's able to bring in a lion. He's able to bring in a bear. He's able to bring in a snake. He's able to uh, depict the whole thing. And Amos, as I already mentioned, he takes the day and he projects it all the way into the future. And it's a picture, listen, for those who don't escape. It's a picture in the last days of hopeless fear and flight. So when, you, so, so when someone doesn't know the Lord and they hear like the news stories or you look at the Bible, you see how things connect. Shut up, I don't want to hear it or it's too hard or it's just doom and gloom because it really does project hopelessness. But if you know the Lord, it's not hopelessness. You get it. You understand sin is being judged and Jesus is coming back. And these are the signs of what is going to come uh, just before Jesus returns. By the way, people look at their sins. Well, I just want to. I just want to be able to. Um, uh, you, you look at how this culture, the Western world, at least America, has been given over to homosexuality and now transgenderism and all these other things that go along with it. Did you know that that is a judgment in Romans chapter one? God says, "I will turn them over." When a people have been turned over to those things, that in and of itself is a judgment. So people think, "Man, well, I got everything I want." God says, I'll give you everything you want, and guess what? It's going to be a judgment unto you. Antichrist himself, people are going to worship Antichrist. Antichrist is, in and of himself, a judgment on the world also, and people aren't going to see it. They're deceived by it because they think they're getting their fill of everything they want. And here it is. So what's he use? He uses the description, when the day of the Lord hits, again, you run from a bear, you turn into a lion. Or you run from a bear, you, or you run from a lion, you, you, you get caught by a snake. You aren't going to be able to get away from this. Uh, there will be a wailing uh, by the people, and the Lord will pronounce woe, verse 18. A dark day is coming for Israel, and it's coming sooner than they were expecting. But the full and final judgment of the day of the Lord is still coming when God's judgment will fall on the world. And I believe it is coming much sooner than most people expect. I'm sure you have friends that, uh, that look at things and think, oh, this is, this is a far, this stuff isn't going to happen for a long time. It's not going to happen uh, in, in 2022. Oh, uh, they've been talking about this kind of stuff. Don't be, uh, listen, everything is going to go back to normal. What, what's normal? You know, you, you look at it, you go, we ain't going back to where we were in 2019. I'm pretty sure you guys have figured that out by now. But there's a lot of people out there that are still thinking, oh, you know, don't, don't be talking about this kind of stuff. It's, it's just a ways off. Don't be, listen, don't be paying attention to these kind of uh, things. But look at this. Over in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 21, this is what uh, the Bible says. Take the, listen to this. He's, remember, this is in the context where the Bible is warning you think you're going to escape by running from the lion, but you're not going to. You'll run into the bear or you'll run into the snake, right? This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare, as a trap, on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Listen, if you know the Lord, it's not going to be a trap to you. It's not going to be a snare. You're already aware. You're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But for those, they're, they're, they're just in denial. 
It's going to be a snare to them. But you're paying attention. So it's not a snare to you. Then Jesus went on and said this. Again, these are the words of Jesus. These aren't my words. This isn't the word of some other prophecy teacher. These are the words of Jesus. It's amazing how many people say, I don't want to hear those things. Jesus went on and said, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Wow. I look at that. Pray that you may be worthy to escape these things. Um, Jesus says it's going to come as a snare for all those who are on the earth. So what's he talking about? Pray that you may be able to escape these things. I believe it's a reference to the rapture. That's what I believe, that this day wouldn't uh, uh, catch you by surprise. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, after the Apostle Paul is talking about the rapture, it says, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's very comforting. It would not be comforting to, um, to be told that you're going to go through this day of the Lord, that, no, that there is no escape from it, uh, that there's no hope. That wouldn't be comforting. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, comfort one another with these words after he talks about the rapture. And then he goes on and he says this in verse 1 of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. In other words, concerning the understanding of the times and seasons, the signs, of when the Lord's going to call us home. You sh- you, you've, I've already told you. I shouldn't have to write to you. I've already taught you this. You guys should know. But as a reminder, he says, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And look at this. Here's the key. Chapter 5, verse 3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief. All right, so who's he referring to? Paul says when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 21, the all of the discourse? It'll come like a snare upon them, but pray that you would be able to escape this. What does Amos say? It is going to be this great day of darkness that overtakes the whole globe. You will not, nobody's going to be able to escape from it, except for those who are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. When they say peace and safety, sudden destruction will come upon them. They shall not escape, but you, brethren, are not in that darkness. So you're going to be okay. You're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So when you look at this, it's understanding all of this in the context of what the Bible um, teaches. Okay, so back in Amos. So we have the day of the Lord. We also have in the same passage, we have the disgust of the Lord. Uh, look at this. Let's continue reading with Amos. The disgust of the Lord. Look at this. Verse 21, I hate, God says, I despise your feast days. I do not savor your sacred assemblies, though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings. Huh. I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. He's talking about your, your religious service. I hate your religiousness. I hate it. I despise it. It's sickening to me. Why would God not accept their religious offerings? Take away from me the noise of your songs. He said, remember how uh, God wants to be praised, and he says, um, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Here, God just says, I don't, I don't want to hear the noise of your songs. To me, it's a noise. Listen, there's a lot of Christian music out there or sold within the Christian world. The lyrics are bad. They're written with, these people don't even know the Lord. You know, you start looking at these bands and the things that they do and the things they work people up into and all these weird trances and stuff. That would fall into this category. The noise of your songs. You think they're beautiful? God says, no, that's not beautiful to me. You move the people with all this great emotion. I'm unimpressed by it. It's just a bunch of noise. Take away the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. Verse 24, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Did you offer me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? You also carried Sikuth, your king, and Chiun, your idols. 
the star of your gods, which you made for yourselves. In other words, when you left Egypt, you took your gods with you. That's what you did. I saw you, you put them in your backpacks, you put them on your donkeys, you, you, you took your, you, you wrapped them around your, your, your cattle that you took out of the land of Egypt. I know what you guys did. You took your gods with you. Therefore, I will send you in captivity beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Wow, this is something else. God says, I hate your religion and your idols, all of this stuff. The reality of it is you come to me with all of your religious practices, you sing your songs, you think they're wonderful, you sell all your albums, you sell all your CDs, you sell all your links, whatever it is, right? Because I find them detestable. I don't want to hear about them. You, you, you keep worshiping your other gods, you show up at church, in this case, you show up at a temple, you, honor the, you, you keep the feast days, but you defile everything. Isaiah said it this way, you draw near to me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You, you, your, your prayers are fake. Your songs, don't, don't sing me your songs. I know what's really going on in your heart, and God calls them out. Here's what you did. You brought all of your gods out with you. Here's the problem. They would not separate themselves from their former sins. He's disgusted with their religion, and the religion will not save them. It is worthless. You refuse to worship me my way. Listen, one of the most contested verses in the Bible right now, not contested for its authenticity, excuse me, but that people don't want to hear it. You know what it is? It's John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Matthew, can you put that verse on there? Thank you. That's the words of Jesus. Notice how Jesus doesn't say, I am a way, I am a truth, and a life. Some people come to the Father through me. Some people come other ways. He doesn't say that. So that verse is very, it's one of those verses that people don't want to hear. Even in churches, pastors are afraid to, to talk about it. They bring in the songs that make the people feel good, move them with emotion, don't talk about judgment, don't talk about sin. Well, Jesus is just a way. Jesus is the way for the people who need a crutch. You know, they can't, quite, they can't quite make it on their own. Now, the rest of us who don't need Jesus, we can make it on our own. You know, we're doing better, but those stupid Christians over there, they, they're, they're, they're morons. They, they need all the help they can get. So Jesus died for them, but we don't need this. We don't need Jesus. We know all roads lead to heaven. You know, that kind of thing. Well, that's, those are the words of Jesus. He said, again, in John 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Not a way, a truth, a life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So in the Old Testament here in Amos, he says, you don't come to me the way I tell you to come to me. You come to me on your own terms. Guess what? It ain't going to work. I find your songs detestable. I find your worship detestable. I know what's really going on in your heart. And you would not separate yourself from your former sins. When you left Egypt, you brought them with you. And here it is. All these centuries later, these things are just handed down. And you like it. You enjoy it. Um, the, the problem with sin is we live in a dark place. And people love to sin more than they want to be surrendered to the Lord. So it's a, a, a problem, a place to me. People want to make uh, their own path to God. God is letting them know their religion will not save them. It's seek God and live. In fact, that was one of the passages from earlier in um, uh, chapter 5. It was seek God and live. We saw it last time. It's an evil time. God says seek God and live. Seek him and live, he said earlier in chapter 5, uh, verse 4. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Don't go to Bethel, don't enter Gilgal, nor pass over to Beersheba, but seek the Lord and live. So that's the call there. Okay, so we have the curse, and also notice number two, we have the condition. Now check out the condition, because this really gets interesting here as it connects with where we are today. Chapter 6, verse 1, I'm just going to read it and then start connecting the dots for where we are right now. Check it out. Chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. So notice who he's talking to, the notable persons in the area. 
both in Judah and in Israel, uh, uh, the northern kingdom. So he says in Zion and Mount Samaria. So both places. Go over to Calneb, but again, it's the notable people, right? That's a key factor. Who are the notable people today? Think of the notable people. Wherever you live in the world, what, what news you're paying attention to, who are the notable people, right? I know who they are in America. You guys know who they are wherever you're watching in the world. Think of that. Not the ones who are friendly, but others. Go over to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath, the great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David, who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments, but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Wow. Therefore, they shall now go captive as the first of the captives, and those who recline at banquets shall be removed. So what's he saying? The same thing that we've seen in other places in the book of Amos. What's happening, you have the upper class people or the people of higher society uh, who, who put the, the, the uh, they're grieved over the affliction of Joseph. They don't care about the problems of everybody else. They don't care about the price of gasoline. They don't care about the price of food. They don't care what's going on in Sri Lanka. In fact, I think they love it. Uh, destroy those people. We don't care. What do we have? We have our ivy, ivory towers. We lie on beds of ivory. We stretch out on on couches, we drink bowl not we, we drink wine not from a cup, but we drink it from a bowl. We steal from the people, and we satisfy our own selves. And woe to you, he says in verse three, who put far off the day of doom. Wow, you put far off. You say uh, the day of destruction. It's not coming. We're just listen. I look at this and I start thinking of all kinds of people that are living high on the hog and, and at the expense of everybody else. Did you see the guy in Sri Lanka? The president or prime minister or whatever he was, when the people started storming his, his mansion, where did they find massive, awesome swimming pool, all kinds of food laid out while the people were starving? He had to flee. But that's the reality of it. God's saying that's the way you're living. The Jeffrey Epstein list people, you know those people? The ones you're not allowed to see the list of? Isn't that rather interesting? can't see the list. I can imagine who's on it. I bet you can too. The people that God's talking about here, ancient Israel and the fast forward to the day of the Lord. It's coming. They'll have their due. The Lord God has sworn by himself, verse 8, the Lord God of hosts says, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore, I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. I can't stand the pride. What do we have? We have a whole month of celebration. Pride. To celebrate sin. Then it shall come to pass that if ten men remain in one house, they shall die. And when a relative of the dead with one who uh, will burn the bodies picks up the bodies to take them out of the house, he will say to one inside the house, are there any more with you? And then someone will say none. And he will say, hold your tongue for we dare not mention the name of the Lord. Ouch. What's that about? The day of judgment is coming. People are going to be wiped out, wiped out the big houses and the small houses. Those who hate the Lord, destruction is coming. The day of the Lord is going to be very bad. It's so interesting here. He says, hold your tongue at the end of verse 10, for we dare not mention the name of the Lord. In other words, don't you dare say, oh, we hate God. I can't believe it. Look, look at this judgment. Now, that's what he's saying. You better be careful what you say about God. Don't you dare mention it. God's saying, I'm going to judge this world. I'm going to judge sin. It is going to happen. But in verse 3, woe to you, put the far, put far off the day of doom. It's not going to happen. Stop talking about that. For behold, verse 11, the Lord gives a command. He will break the great house into bits and the little house into pieces. Do horses run on rocks? Uh, does one plow there with oxen? Yet you have turned justice into gall and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. In other words, just like Isaiah says, where uh, right is called wrong and wrong is called right, we live in that time. And that's, that's another way of saying here, you've turned justice into gall. 
and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. You've taken what's right and you've turned it into what's, you've said what's right is evil and what's evil is right. <sighs> yeah. God said, I made the male and female, it's good. Satan says, that's not good. That's not good. And people are believing it's everywhere. You can't call a male and female. What's a male? What's a female? We have people in America, I don't know if you have it in your country, but here in America, we have people that are running this country that can't even define what a woman is. I'm pretty sure a five-year-old could. It's just terrible. You rejoice over low debar. You rejoice over nothing. Who say, have we not taken carnim for ourselves by our own strength? In other words, we're pretty awesome. He says, you're rejoicing over nothing. Over nothing. But behold, I will rise up a nation against you, a house of Israel, says the Lord of hosts, and they will afflict you from the entrance of Hamath to the valley of Arbath. Wow. I look at this and say, man, this is something else. All right. Let's start putting all of this together. All right. You have the people at the top. They're taking advantage of everybody else. He says here in, in chapter 6, you who are at ease, uh, the notable persons in the chief nation, you're taking advantage of everybody else. You're destroying them. You're, 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 you're ruining uh, their lives. You don't care about them. How much money can I have? Uh, how much pleasure can I have? How much leisure can I have at the expense of all of the other people? You might say the little people. First thing here, as we head towards the conclusion, it is about self. Self, it's about pride. Listen, I quoted this earlier in the week. Got a few more minutes here. Got about five more minutes to go before your questions. Um, I quoted this in my midweek update. This is from the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 20. Tell me this doesn't sound like today, because then I'm going to show you some news clips. Listen to this. Ezekiel chapter 20, uh, God says this, I am the Lord your God. I told them, follow my laws, pay attention to my instructions, keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. But their children rebelled against me. They refused to keep my laws and follow my instructions. Even though obeying my laws would have given them life. Even though, if you would have just gone the way I said, if you're obedient, it goes the way of life. Now listen to this. This gets really interesting. They scorned my instructions by violating my Sabbath days and longing for the idols of their ancestors. Remember what Amos said? They brought out the idols of their ancestors, uh, the idols from the land of Egypt. They brought them with them. Remember, Amos said that, right? He's calling them out. You, if this thing is in your heart, you don't want to separate from them. God's calling them out here in Ezekiel also. Now listen to this part. This is where it really connects with today. I gave them over to worthless customs and laws that would not lead to life. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them. Wow. Okay, so remember in Amos, he says, you drink wine from bowls, you pollute yourself with it. He says, I give you gifts. You, you, look, at, uh, you, you look in the Bible, you see wine is given for joy, and God says, you pollute yourself with that which I've given you. And you can go on down this list. Sex is a gift from the Lord for a marriage. But you pollute yourself with it. You just fill yourself up with it. You sin, you commit adultery, you commit all these grievous, gross immoralities. This very thing I give you. And, but, but it's here that I find so fascinating. I gave them over to worthless customs and laws that would not lead to life. I gave them over to these worthless customs and laws. Folks, I find that interesting myself. Um, to worthless customs and laws. We've been given over to worthless customs and laws, just like in the days of Ezekiel, that do not lead to life. Look at this. Michigan City, can you show this, Matthew? Michigan City decriminalizes public urination, defecation, and littering for equity. This is what God's talking about in Ezekiel chapter 20. I've given them over to worthless laws that don't lead to life. In fact, they lead to absolute destruction. They lead to death. Look at that again. Michigan City decriminalizes public urination, defecation, and littering. What for? For equity. How stupid can you get? Look at this next one. 
Irony abounds as woke Starbucks forced to close 16 shops in Democrat-controlled liberal cities due to violence against workers at store locations. I've, again, Ezekiel, I've given them over to worthless laws and customs that don't lead to life. They lead to destruction. They lead to death. Here's another one. Look at this. Electric bus burst into flames during East Coast heat wave. One day after Connecticut governor requires all future state vehicles to run on electric power. I've given them over to worthless laws and customs that will not lead to life. They're going to lead to death. Here's another one. This is from America, of course. Army cuts off more than 60,000 unvaccinated Guard and Reserve soldiers from pay and benefits. Oh, that's good. So now we have 60,000 less soldiers for going to war. I will give them over, Ezekiel said, to worthless laws and customs that will not lead to life. Wait, one more. This is the last one. Prager University posted this. Did you know in 1989, the UN predicted entire nations would be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels by 2000, by the year 2000? We're now two decades past that. Listen, I've been following this stuff for a long time. God has given us over to worthless customs and laws that don't lead to life. And people are just going for it and they're believing it. And it's just, it's just, it's just something else. But it's about... Uh, it's about uh, self. Think of this. Does this not scream uh, the words of 2 Timothy chapter 3? Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Wow. Man, let's continue on. It's about self. It's about sin. I need to wrap this up. Um, all of the issues have their root in sin. It's, it's, it's uh, centered in their pride. It's about, it, it, Amos talks about it. Ezekiel deals with it. All the prophets deal with it. What makes, listen, what makes us in the world right now think that if ancient Israel was judged for their sin in these things, what makes us think that we're not going to be? Is God just winking his eye at us? Um, you know, I hear people say, even in churches, well, this is the 20, what century are we in? The 21st century? This is 21st century, you know, God's changed. No, God's word never changes and he tells us what this world is going to look like just before he uh, returns. Listen to this. This is from Ezekiel chapter 22. Every leader in Israel who lives within your walls is bent on murder. Wow. Think of the leaders in America right now or these globalists. Think of the Clintons. Every leader in Israel who lives within your walls is bent on murder. Fathers and mothers are contemptuously ignored. Look, you can't even call people father and mother anymore. I mean, that's what the, they're trying to do. It's a complete insanity. These people have lost their minds. God has given them over to these worthless customs and laws and rules and regulations that will not lead to life. They're going to lead to their own destruction. But God says here, this is what happened back then. Folks, it's happening again. Fathers and mothers are contemptuously ignored. Oh, orphans and widows are wronged and oppressed. Inside my walls, God says, you despise my holy things. People accuse others falsely and send them to their death. Does that sound like now? You better believe it does. They accuse them falsely and send them to death. They lock them up. You're filled with idol worshipers and with people who take part in lewd activities. You ever watch the, the Academy Awards? You watch some of these music things on TV? Disgusting, folks. Absolutely disgusting. Men sleep with their father's wives uh, and have intercourse within your walls or men who commit adultery with their neighbor's wives who defile their daughter-in-law or rape their own sisters. Think, listen, I don't care what you say. Look at Hunter Biden. Where do you think that thing's going to go? go? Again, let's go to Jeffrey Epstein, right? I, I look at this, though. The beauty of it is God's going to judge this. In Revelation chapter 18, Maybe it'll come up in the q and I'd like to show you something over there because 
I believe God deals with this problem. The Jeffrey Epstein stuff, those people, those people. They're hired murderers, lone racketeers, extortioners everywhere. They never think of me and my commands, says the Lord. But then he says, I'm going to clap my hands. In other words, I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to judge this world. Um, and he says here, again, I want to point this out before we wrap up. Chapter 6, verse 3, Woe to you who put far off the day of doom. Because it's near. It's coming. This is a reminder of 2 Peter chapter 3. Scoffers will come. Uh, uh, it's about, so it's about sin. It's about self. It's about scoffers. Can you show that, Matthew? These three things. Sin, self, and scoffers. Scoffers, part of uh, Amos chapter 6. Look at this. Peter also says that. What happens? Scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts, key there, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. These scoffers that Peter refers to seems to be people who were raised in the church, who heard Jesus was coming, don't tell us Jesus is coming. We heard that. They're probably teaching in churches now. But they're now walking according to their own lusts. Say so everything is going to continue as it has been since the beginning of creation. And then Jesus reminded Luke chapter 21, verse 28, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Folks, uh, listen, send in your questions. Uh, I want to I answer as many questions as I can starting right now. So start sending them in. Um, and while you're sending them in, it's understand this, it's understand all of this in the context, all that's going on in the world in the context of what the Bible says. So people, again, people say, well, all you do is bring bad news. Well, I got news for you. That's pretty much all that's out there if you don't have the good news. And there's bad news everywhere. So it's helping to understand the bad news in the context of the good news. When you put it in the context of this, you go, wait a minute. This is what God said it was going to be like. Okay, let's see. Question, Catherine Cole. I did Ancestry DNA about four years back. Will I be tracked? Absolutely. Hey, Catherine Cole, so did I about four years ago also. Yeah, people will say, oh, you're pretty stupid, Pastor Tom. Well, guess what? I did it. But you know what? I got news for you. But the moment you're, you're born, you start getting tracked. You got birth certificates, dental records. You've been to the doctor. All this stuff's in systems anyways. I, I look at it from the beauty of this. I ain't going to be here when it all comes down to the mark of the beast. So I'm not really worried about that. So don't, don't be too hung up on that. Um, it's going to be okay. Question. Let's see. Um, I would like to get about 20 or 30-something. Seems people aren't very receptive to talk about Jesus. So then I hand them sticks. I got some last, but I need more. I'm not sure... 20th, I'm not sure what you're referring to, God's child forever. Maybe you can uh, resend it uh, a little bit clearer. Is narcissism a demon possession? Can a narcissist truly be a Christian? Listen, there are lots of narcissists out there, uh, people who think highly of themselves. Listen, narcissism is a problem with every single human being that lives because we're selfish people. There's just some people that are greater narcissists than others, and Antichrist would be at the top of that. Uh, question, Bob Katz. Is there any reason that God would let you see and speak uh, to dead loved ones if he had his own reasons to do so? Um, uh, I don't see that being a biblical thing, so I, I doubt it. Um, yeah. He did it. You know, I, mean, I can go back to the book of Samuel and, and realize that you had the whole thing with the witch of Endor. That was for something specific that God did do at that time, so but I'll just leave it at that. Okay, can you hold it there? Uh, thank you. It's right. right wait, well, it's too far. Can you go back up the other way? Okay. Let's see. That's good. Um, let's see. Uh, I missed my question. I missed it. Okay. Let's go back up. A question. I would like to see transhumanism. Does iron mix with clay? That is from Dooley. Okay. Uh, Dooley. Um, on Thursday on his channel, World News Briefing, I interviewed Dennis Wick. Dennis Wick is the founder of His Channel TV, the network. It was a great conversation. I encourage you to go over there, hischannelTV.com. Check it out. It was myself with Dennis Wick on, uh, on um, World News Briefing is the name of the program. I can't remember what the date Thursday was. I think Thursday was the 21st. Uh, whatever Thursday was, click on that show. And I think it was the first question that we dealt with 
was from the book of Daniel, Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. And, and I'll just throw a little bit of it out there to you. Uh, in Daniel chapter 2, this is, this is what I asked Dennis, right? I asked him this. I said, you have this vision uh, that, uh, or this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar what the dream is, and he gives him the interpretation. And by the way, I asked my friend Pete Garcia, who you've seen on with me before, I said, Pete, Give me some questions that would be great tech questions to ask Dennis. That's the first question that Pete gave me. And I said, Dennis, here's this question. Uh, and so it relates to exactly what you just said. Transhumanism does iron mix with clay. So here's the passage. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, Daniel chapter 2, verse 41, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. So again, the last day's empire, kingdom of Antichrist, partly strong and partly uh, weak. Iron doesn't mix with clay. And that's what Daniel is saying here. They don't mix. There's something wrong there. As you saw iron, Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they do not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. So I talked to Dennis about that. I said, Dennis, I've always looked at this as being a political thing, but when you read the whole part of Daniel here, it seems to be speaking of something else. Could it be transhumanism? He said, from everything he knows, which seems to be quite a bit, our minds, our brains, our bodies are not meant to mingle with the stuff that Yuval Noah Harari and all these globalists want to do to our bodies. They don't mingle right. That's why when you look at something like all those who receive the mark of the beast in the future, something goes wrong. They start having sores all over their body. There comes a point where they get stung and they all want to die, but they can't die. But I think it's in chapter 16 where the sores are on the body of the people who have received the mark, but something seems to go wrong. Is it this attempt at transhumanism? We are this close at them trying to do it. They probably have already tried to do it to some people. Billy Crone has some information on that. I'm sure we'll share about that at the conference. But you look at this, you go, very interesting. But if you want to go in detail, um, Dennis is a tech guy. Go to his channel, TV com and check it out. And again, that was my Thursday interview with Dennis Swick. That's the first question that I asked him. Uh, this is from Pookie Martinez. When will you have John Holler on your program? Pookie, I'm going to ask, I asked John Holler a few weeks ago, just before I went to Mexico. However, I asked him the morning of, and he was leaving, so he couldn't. And, um, and so here's the deal. Okay, I should have asked him last week. I want him on on this Tuesday. Pray about that. Hey, John, if you're watching, you're here about it. If you could be with me live this Tuesday, that'd be pretty exciting. Tuesday, 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Um, I'll send you a text when we're done here and uh, see if it works out. If not, um, I will have John Haller on. I just don't know when I'm going to have him on uh, yet. Okay, let's scroll through some more questions. Let's see, Pastor Tom. Um, during millennial reign, this is from Billy Higginbotham. During the millennial reign, we of we that ate transformed, glorified bodies coexist with those still in the flesh. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess what you meant here. Well, we who are in our transformed bodies, okay, we're gonna be caught up to meet the Lord in there. We get a new body at the time of the rapture. That's exciting. We rule and we're, we're going to be in heaven with, in the presence of the Lord. Revelation chapter 19 teaches that we're going to be coming back with Jesus. We're going to have on our wedding garments. We're coming back with him. Revelation chapter 19, he leads the charge. He's on his white horse. And the sword that comes out of his mouth destroys all the kingdoms of the world. The Antichrist and false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. But the Bible also teaches that we are going to rule and reign with Christ during that thousand-year millennial kingdom. So will we be ruling and reigning uh, with Christ, coexisting with those who are still in the flesh? Probably coexisting, but I believe we're going to be ruling and reigning over them. Uh, the, here's what happens. I don't think a lot of people understand this, even that follow Bible prophecy, is during the tribulation period, there's going to be some people that, are, that come to faith in Christ that survive the tribulation period. They don't get their heads cut off. They, they manage to survive. 
they hide out in the mountains or whatever it is, they're able to escape, uh, they don't have a tracking system on them, they're able to survive. They make it through the end of the tribulation period. They also have received Christ during the tribulation period. Uh, maybe they and their husband or they and their wife received Christ or their whole family did during the tribulation. They're able to escape the pressure from the Antichrist coming against them to kill them. It's those people who survive, who come to Christ, that survive the tribulation period, they're going to go into the tribulation period in their bodies they have now. And they're going to procreate. They're going to be having babies. They're the ones who are going to populate the planet during the uh, millennial kingdom. But we are going to have our new body. So we're going to be ruling and reigning as kings and priests with Christ. Christ will be the ruler, but we're going to be ruling and reigning in the millennial kingdom as a ruler for Christ over what area he gives us and the people he gives us. So we'll coexist with people. They'll see us, we'll see them. We'll be in our glorified bodies. We're going to be, be able to do some pretty outrageous, some pretty cool things. It's going to be an awesome planet too, by the way. Totally awesome planet. Not like it is now, all messed up. Uh, but yeah, we will be coexisting and uh, living uh, here with them. Okay, next question. Can you scroll through it for me? Just stop whenever you come to some questions. Those are way too fast for me to read. Question, I saw something in here. Um, just wondering how much more is God the Almighty going to allow us to see uh, evil before he uh, comes for us? I do not know. Uh, that comes from Mechanic 350. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I wish I could say, hey, the rapture's going to happen in three weeks, but uh, I don't know. You know, the, we could see a lot more. I mean, if you go back to 2019, all of us watching probably didn't think we'd be seeing the things going on that we are seeing going on. But we are watching them. It's remarkable, though, how much more of an understanding we have prophetically because we've been through the last two and a half years. So now, listen, I hope the rapture happens real soon. I have some very close friends, colleagues, some very smart ones that say they believe it's coming real soon. I hope they're right. I'm someone that says, I hope they're right but I prepare for the long haul just in case because I don't know how much longer we're going to be here. But the way we see technology advancing leads me to believe that the technology that exists in the world right now to bring about this final kingdom is going to, if Jesus doesn't call us home soon, like within the next one, two, three, four, five, ten years, then um, the technology is going to be past what the book of Revelation teaches. So I don't think it's much longer before we're home. And also we have this major push towards 2030. All of these globalists by 2030, 2030, that's why they're doing this. If you know, also it's in Revelation chapter 12 when Satan is cast down and he knows he has but little time, it appears that we're rapidly approaching that place where Satan's gonna be cast down and it appears already. He knows that the time is short. Everything is starting to uh, come together. So how much longer? I do not know. Uh, will there be, this is from Freetimer64, will there be modern technology during the millennial reign? Um, uh, I, I do believe there will be technology that's going to be off the charts. My friend Don Perkins, uh, maybe I'll have him on in a couple of weeks too for one of the live uh, broadcasts that we have on a Monday or Tuesday. He'll be speaking at the conference in Huntington Beach. But he goes into the millennial kingdom and he is, absolutely has made me a believer that there will be technology technology past what we have right now that'll be in the millennial kingdom, except it won't be used for evil. It's going to be used for good, uh, which is going to be uh, pretty good. Uh, silence lamb. We all go through pre-trib. Well, I don't know what that means because pre-trib means pre-tribulation. So yeah, we're, we're here right now because it's pre-tribulation. Uh, so uh, you probably mean something else. Minister Straker, what is a minor prophet? Um, so the prophets are divided into two categories for simplicity purposes. Major prophets and not minor prophets. The major prophets are the longer books. The minor prophets are the shorter books. That's basically what it is. Uh, so there's um, just as powerful, just as prophetic. Uh, doesn't mean they're minor in importance. They're just shorter books. For example, Isaiah is enormous. How many books are in Isaiah? I think 66 books. You start looking at the, the major prophets, they're enormous books, apart from Daniel. Daniel's only 12 chapters. You look at the minor prophets, some are one chapters, some are two, some are three. Uh, Amos is a little bit longer than that, but that's what it is. Minor prophets, just shorter books. 
uh, major prophets, just uh, bigger books. Uh, the least of these, 144,000 are all virgins for a reason. Um, let's see. Okay, can we go through some more questions here? Scroll through some more. What do we have here? Pastor Tom, Lucy K. As a believer, should we prep? And if so, for how long should we prep? Um, okay, so I, I, would, I would say this um, when it comes to prepping. If you want to prep, then prep. If you don't want to prep, don't prep. Personally, I look at it like this. I don't think, if the rapture doesn't happen like within the next year, <clears throat> You better be prepped up <clears throat> because these, I believe there's a manufactured food crisis coming, manufactured gasoline, manufactured oil problem, manufactured money problem. There has to be crisis to bring about the monetary system that's coming. However, we could be raptured within the next year, but if we're not, you better be prepped up because it's going to get real difficult and real ugly. And it's already starting in some countries, Ecuador, Sri Lanka, many countries. Uh, China, you look what's happening there. Right? And we know that the government leaders, they don't care about us. So yeah, you, you, you need to be thinking of things. Okay, but <clears throat> if you prep, you prep. If you don't, you don't. If you do prep, this is what I would suggest you do. <clears throat> is, because you might not ever get, what, what if you prep and we're raptured in two months? You're not going to get to use your food. Some people have said that. I won't even be able to use my stuff. Well, who cares? Somebody who's left behind is going to be able to use it. Leave Bibles in there. Leave gospel tracts in there. Leave messages about the rapture. Leave messages about the truth of Jesus Christ. Leave things in there that somebody can access. In fact, I'm hoping to work out something uh, pretty soon where I'm going to be able to have the rapture kit uh, from Scott Townsend that, that uh, I know he makes it available on uh, the Watchman website, and I'm hoping to have some of those available because It'd be great to just have those rapture kits there. If you're going to prep, put them in there. Listen, people are going to go, they're going to break into your house when you're gone. By the way, they're probably going to take care of your dog because people wonder, well, my dog's not going to be raptured. What's going to Listen, there's a lot of animal rights activists. They're probably going to break in your house and take care of your dogs and cats. So don't worry about that, but have food for them. Because just may be through, if you're going to prep, it may just be through that. Your food was left behind, and you got the gospel there. You got the rapture information there, and that would be uh, totally cool. Uh, Revelation, Bebe, Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. How long is a little while that Satan will be released? Um, it appears a very, very, very short time. The Bible doesn't tell us how long that little while is in Revelation chapter 20 at the end of the millennial kingdom, but it appears to be a very short time. It's like he's released long enough to inspire the armies of the world who hate Jesus to come together, but he's already been working in them spiritually somehow. Uh, so he's able to round them all up together, but it doesn't last very long. And by the way, I want to point out this last thing. I said I was going to get to it if I could during the questions. Remember... And Ezekiel, we're looking at Amos and the sins of the people. And uh, with Ezekiel, it was obvious. You know, and I talked about Jeffrey Epstein and all of the people who, who these elite people, they're getting into all kinds of lewd activities and perversions and, and raping people and, and, and the whole bit and the, and the, the, the young girls and, and everything, right? Check this out. God says, I'm going to deal with them, Ezekiel. I'm going to deal with them in Amos. Revelation chapter 18, most interesting verse here in uh, verses 9 through 13 says this, the kings of the earth who commit a fornication with the Babylon, who live luxuriously with her, will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance. For one hour her judgment has come. Verse 11, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple silk, scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, all these different things you can buy on Amazon, right? All these things are listed here in Revelation 18 with the merchants, verses 9 through 13. It's talking about the leaders of the earth. 
They're mourning because Babylon's been destroyed by God. But he says this in all of the merchandise. He says this at the end of verse 13. Wine, uh, here's the merchandise. Wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. This would be bodies and souls of people. God says you're selling people. You're selling their bodies and their souls. You're, I mean, you just think of what happens to a child that's been taken to an Epstein Island or whatever by these perverts that are in Washington, D.C. and these globalists around the world. Complete wickedness. It steals their soul from them. It's absolutely horrible. God says, I'm going to deal with all of them. Listen, I look and I think Jesus is coming. Um, the reason I can still smile when I see the, things, the, the news going on is because I put it into this context. Listen, we have hope because of what Jesus has done for us. He's going to right all of the wrongs. It is going to be absolutely glorious. Hey, uh, just a few more uh, things to keep in mind. Tomorrow I have my live stream. I have a special guest. You're going to absolutely love it. You loved it last time he was on. Um, it's going to be 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Don't forget to add the app. Is it in the description, the live stream conference? And also in the YouTube description, if you haven't already registered for live stream, you can for the conference that's coming up in August. It's in the YouTube description. You can click on the link. It'll take you over there. You can register. You're going to be blessed. It's going to be uncensored. That conference won't be on YouTube. It'll be uncensored. You'll be able to have it for up to 30 days. You can watch it anytime you want in case you can't catch it live. It's only $14.99 for all of the different teachings that we're going to have and uh, you're going to be super blessed by it. I hope that you can join us uh, for the live stream. And um, if you want to go to Israel, be love to see you there. That trip's coming up in November. Uh, listen, God bless you guys. Look forward to y'all tomorrow. And uh, see ya. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.